Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross You guys are live. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here. It is Wednesday, September 6th. It's time for The List and your boy podcast. Jimmy, how long until you buy Global Force Impact? I feel like I could do it with spare change, you know? I mean, yeah. you know what? Anthem Anthem is based in Toronto. I might be able to get a subway pass, like a monthly subway pass, huh. and I might ask him for the for the Global Force Wrestling video archive because it consists of like one taping, isn't it? Like, was it, or was it like a weekend of tapings? If you traded them that million dollar belt and the Aware Ads Donkey Mob title, yeah. and if you get Jim Duggan to sign the 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 thumbs up over there, and he would, I know him well enough that he would. I think you got yourself a deal. Sean, let me tell you something. So I've been in business long enough, and one, one thing that has always surprised me, and I'm sure you've seen this in your life too, but one thing that's always surprised me is there are a lot of high-level executives in companies that are actually really incompetent and have no common sense at all. Uh, and I deal with them all the time, whether it be uh, uh, accounting firms, legal firms, banks, people that are in high-up positions that are complete fucking plugs, and, and I always question, like, how do they, how, why, how they even have the position? Clearly, they knew somebody, right? Mm-hmm. You and I are not fortune tellers. Uh, and yet, we called this from day one. And it's not because we're brilliant. It's because we could see it was clearly just a bad, you know what? Why don't you go ahead and just tell everybody what happened, and then we'll, we'll chat. Ed Nordholm got annoyed with Jeff Jarrett. That's what <laughs> happened. That's what happened. Uh, they... Ed Nordholm thinks he knows how to run a wrestling company. Jeff Jarrett thinks that he knows how to run a wrestling company. I get the feeling Jeff Jarrett probably knows a little more about about it than Ed Nordholm does. 
There were some things that Jeff did that Ed didn't like and things that Ed did that Jeff didn't like. Unfortunately for Jeff, Ed holds more power. Maybe. We don't know yet. We, yeah. li- we, it's, so, it's so ridiculous the way that this all played out. There are little things like Jeff Jarrett didn't like the way that Ed Nordholm tweeted a picture of Alberto Del Rio. Yeah. Ed Nordholm saw that as an advertisement opportunity to get buzz out about Impact Wrestling at the time. Uh-huh. They changed the name to Global Force Wrestling without actually owning the name Global Force Wrestling. That is mind-boggling. Abs- unbelievable. That is like us changing our name – to like wrestle scoops news with a Z. No, that would be like us saying uh, that we are now the Wrestling Observer podcast. Yeah, and never signing a deal with Dave Meltzer. Never. It's never unbelievable, unbelievable. So it's so uh, weird. It's so weird. And now apparently, Global Force Wrestling may be in line to sell again. Keep in mind, this is less than a year after. Billy Corgan wanted to buy the company and was blocked from doing so. Wanted the company and was blocked from doing so. I've got stories up on Fightful.com, a lot of exclusives here. Uh, I spoke with people this morning that said that Ed Nordholm treated Global Force Wrestling as a flavor of the year and treated it like he was running a computer game. Uh, A wrestler who debuted this year said that the giant roster turnover was a red flag to them and that they never saw Global Force as a long-term place of employment once they got through that first set of tapings. There were a lot of people unhappy about the ro- not just the roster turnover, the agent turnover, because mm-hmm. it was very obvious what Jeff Jarrett was doing. I reached out to another name in which uh, I showed you, I don't want to name them, but said, I don't care anymore, whatever, and they sent me a shrugging emoji. Uh, th- like I said, all this is while they may have to rebrand again. So first and foremost, um, I, 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 I just off the top of my head today, I took down notes of like things that have happened since January, and I didn't even really do much research on this. A lot of it was just from stuff that I remember, except for maybe dates and things like that and places. But um, it's amazing. So in in so so let's recap very quickly at, at, at this lunacy. So first, uh, Dixie Carter's family owns TNA. Mm-hmm. They're heavily in debt. Billy Corgan wants to buy the company. Nigel, Billy Corgan is the lead singer of Smashing, oh, Smashing Pumpkins, Pumpkins, right? Oh, yeah. Big wrestling fan. Wants to buy the company, lends the company millions of dollars to keep it afloat of his own money. Dixie Carter, I think, promised him the company. There was a power struggle between the two. She decided she didn't want to do that anymore. Anthem in January came to the rescue, sort of. Um, bought Anth- bought uh, Impact or TNA from the Carter family, paid off Billy Corgan what he was owed. I think there was other outstanding debts that uh, they took care of. So that means that they were in the red by millions right out of the chute. Uh, Jeff Jarrett was brought in to run the show with his little Global Force Wrestling, what I used to call it, Sean, the non-existent bullshit entity, because that's what it was. Keep, keep in mind that he retained a minority share back in the day right. and traded in his... Red earning minority share right. in for advertisement time, a Hall of Fame gig, and a title run on their TV show a few years ago. How that happened, I don't know. And he probably came in the clear on that one. Like, he probably came out ahead by doing that. Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah. And then uh, after that, uh, they announced in March that Global Forest was teaming up with ITV in the UK to launch a promotion called World of Sport. 
and they had these grandiose plans, and Jeff Jarrett on Anthem's dime was flying all over the place, going to a press conference in the U.K. and going to press conferences in Mexico because they signed the AAA deal. Then the tapings don't happen in the U.K. because there was, again, an issue between... Uh, Anthem and ITV getting that going. So that didn't happen. Then they launched it. They're going to do live events again. They're going to do house shows again. And they had a weekend of them in, uh, I think it was in August. Then they had to cancel the last one in Bridgeport because of poor ticket sales. It's just been mistake after mistake after mistake. I started calling Ed Nordholm Bruce Nyborg, uh, who uh, is the character in Glengarry Glen Ross that all the sales guys pedal shit to because he's an idiot and he signs anything put in front of him. Uh, so I started calling him Bruce Nyborg. Then uh, they get TV in the can until October. I don't know what's going to happen then, Sean, but they got TV in the can until October. And now, out of the blue, on the same day that Jeff Jarrett tweets how excited he is about going to work, the same day they announced that they have uh, that he's on a leave of absence, I think is how they put it. He's, he's on an uh, indefinite leave of absence. And now all the shit's come out that you just talked about, about Ed Norholm losing faith in Jeff... The whole thing is my... Let me ask you this question. So Anthem is in the hole to the tune of millions of dollars. And I told you when this thing came together in January, with all due respect to Anthem, I've seen their financials. My company does about what they do financially, right? I would never, ever sink millions of dollars into a thing like TNA, ever, under any circumstances. And I know more about wrestling than Ed Norholm does, Right. Yeah. So we knew it was a bad business decision. We knew bringing on Jeff Jarrett was not a really smart decision because he hadn't done much in years. Uh, it's just been a, a comedy of errors. In what universe, Sean, does a guy announce an acquisition deal for a brand that he hasn't finalized, rebrand your international television with your only two money contracts that you have, rebrand it to a new brand that you haven't finalized the deal on yet, Supposedly giving Jeff Jarrett the opportunity now to come in, grab that brand back, and say, look, I have international exposure now. In what universe does he not get fired at Nordholm? In what universe does Anthem not say, you're a fucking plug, you've cost us millions of dollars, see ya? But the I bet you, first I, thing. No, sorry, I was going to say, I bet you not only does he not get fired, I bet you he somehow gets promoted. I hate the term Mark, I really do, but that was the term that I, I was given to describe him by a departing wrestler last year. And I was like, yeah, I'll reserve judgment because I'm sure maybe this person's sour grapes. Right. Doesn't seem like it. Doesn't seem like it. I mean, it's amazing. there were things that were that you would say on this show and you're like, man, he, he reeks of of a mark and a money mark. I mean, that, that's... But he's not, he's not a, a money mark. He's not a money yeah, mark. Yeah, he doesn't have the money. Yeah, no. they're, they're hemorrhaging money. He was spending the company's money. Yeah. So he was kind of like a low-ran Eric Bischoff. And it's it's an unfortunate thing because, look, there are wrestlers that very likely are going to lose their, their positions, although a lot of them will find work elsewhere. But And they're only working a few times a year as it is. But They have some nice – they have some good talent. Rockstar Spud's great. Uh, right. Moose, EC3, Lashley. Right. Lashley's uh, fantastic. That guy's Trevor, a star. Yeah. I like Trevor Lee. Homicide, if they use him, is good. Eli Drake has a lot of charisma. Right. The, uh, Bram can be good. You know, he's got a lot of personal problems. Abyss has always been good. I, I've liked him, but yeah. they, they got a lot of good talent. But it doesn't really much matter if nobody's going to watch the show. Yeah, and that was something else that I was going to mention. So, you know, Jeff Jarrett did all these interviews. And you know how I told you on the show that he irritated me because he was spending company money to fly to Mexico and to fly to the UK and to go to all these places and make all these grandiose promises. And as I said, it's very easy to make those promises when it's not your money that you're spending. 
And uh, after all of that and after all those promises, their viewership for last Thursday's show, which was the August 31st show, was 268,000 viewers in the U.S. on Pop TV. And they very quietly re-signed with Pop TV through 2018, which means that they had no other options for, uh, for a U.S. television deal. Uh, the whole thing has just been a, it's just been a, just a comedy yeah. of errors. It really has been, and it's unfortunate for the guys involved. And who knows what this is doing to Anthem? Like, who knows what this is doing to the Fight Network? Because, again, if I look at my company, do I want to drain millions of dollars out of my company? It's, it's, they got no. to be taking a beating on it. The Fight Network in Canada, nobody watches it. I know they have some international deals, but it's, uh, it's been just a horrible situation, man. It's too bad. It's it's sad too because they and I've been arguing with people for a few years. I thought that when Ring of Honor got on Destination America, they were the number two company in America. Right. I, I immediately thought that if New Japan starts touring somewhat regularly, they're above Global Force now. I mean, oh, they already are. I, I, yeah, I mean, because I consider New Japan and Ring of Honor very much right. similar, the same. Like they they share so much. Right. I don't know how it could even be disputed now that Ring of Honor is number two because the TV deal is the only thing that even keeps that facade up in people's heads. And like I said, it's very unfortunate because of the wealth of talent they have that WWE not – I mean we know that WWE wanted James Storm. Mm -hmm. James Storm passed up on a WWE deal to come back to Global Force. I think Moose too. Yeah, Moose did too. Yeah. There were were a lot of people. I mean – they, I'm sure they would bring back Johnny Impact if if he was if he were free and clear. And, and you know the unfortunate thing about this is that th- there's really no signs that anything is going to improve. Uh, if anything, it's going to get worse because not only did they resign with Pop, uh, word came out about the new contracts that they structured for talent, where they wanted 10% of their outside bookings, which is a joke. Uh, they've cut back on staffing for the shows. Now there's rumors that uh, John uh, Gaborik is going to come back in, and he just was never fit for that position. He just wasn't. It's uh, it's too bad. And they're and they're retaining uh, John Gaborik as like as a failsafe. There are a lot of people who think that's a bad move. It like, is a bad move. I mean, because last year he tried to leverage the company into a job for himself with WWE. With WWE, that's right, that's right. Yeah, I mean, there is there is one piece of good news to this, Sean. Mm-hmm. I got an exclusive out of it. Oh boy, I did. I Thank somehow you. somehow on standby right now. No. I have Jeff Jarrett for an interview. Do you? The only one able to get it. Yeah. So let's see if Go he's ahead. let's see if he's talkative. Nigel, let's, let's see if he's talkative. This. this is what we're doing now. We're a comedy let's show. Let's see if he's talkative. So uh how you doing? Fun week this week. Why are the logos backwards on your thing? That's a little weird. That's not a Photoshop trick of any kind, is it? Is he talking, or do I need to talk as No, him? I'm trying to get him to talk. I'm trying to get him. He doesn't want to talk right now. Well, uh, you know, it. in the wrestling business, uh, sometimes these things happen, and, uh, yeah. Are you still doing the uh, fantasy football thing? Did you still do that? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draft Marco Murray. I, I think he's in for a big season. Minor league ballparks, uh next spring that, that could be a good deal Let, no it's not it's really not thanks for joining us six time intercontinental champion <sighs> you know I gotta tell you Sean 
There was somebody I noticed on the YouTube comments last week. Yeah. And they said they said you got to sit through a lot of bullshit in order to get to the the wrestling stuff. Yeah. And they could very well be right, but as I told you when we started this thing, and, and the reason I always tell you to stop uh, stop commenting on negativity, you can never... When, when I haven't done it in months, you okay. tell me to. I was just making sure the point, if you hadn't have interrupted me... son of a bitch, every week. The point, if you hadn't have interrupted me... Stop commenting on the YouTube. I don't even have the... People could post on there that I got AIDS... From eating diarrhea, and I wouldn't even know about it at this point. So the point I was going to make, I was not saying that you're doing this recently. The point I was going to make was you can never please everyone all the time. That was my point. You can never please everyone all the time. And so when I see criticism like you got to sit through some bullshit you know, to get to the wrestling stuff, I just don't care. You can't please everyone all the time, Sean. So Somebody says, I'm so sick of these edits in our chat. So, yeah. Hey, I mean – that's what we do here. It's our most popular show, too. So. Why do you Why do you edit the chat? Not the edits. The ed- edits on the damn program. Oh, I see. I see. I see. Yeah, you on- see. You automatically assume <laughs> that it was something I was doing. Look well, at you. And you saw the kind of people that I deal with this week, did you not? Yes, I did. You told All me right. about it. Yes, I did. I'm about to get so anyway, John end up in here. Uh, well, you're starting to look like him. So that yeah, kind of that yeah, kind yeah. of makes sense. What that dude got going on up there? But uh, going back to the global force thing, day. going back to the global force thing, it really is unfortunate, and it's unfortunate that we talked about it from the first day because it seems so obvious. It seemed like the most uh, predictable angle in wrestling, Sean, and uh, and it still played out the way that we kind of thought it was going. It's it's unfortunate. I I mean things do not look good for them at all. I hope that they're able to get it together. But Anthem, let's be let's be frank. Uh, if they are able to sell, if they even do want to sell, because a lot of it is hearsay, but if they if they are able to sell, they're going to get pennies on the dollar. Yeah. So. Yeah. Just let's let's talk about the absurdity of this entire situation. Yeah, it is. It is. Like, 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 it's just, it's mind-boggling, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's be honest. I love Fightful. You love Fightful. If somebody came along and offered you, like, $30 million for Fightful, you're going to say, to hell, Sean, $30 million. I might say that I'm, for $30,000. Yeah, it's true. I'm a smart businessman. I'm going to make it happen. Now, I'm not saying that's what was offered for TNA, but years ago, Jimmy, yeah. Toby Keith and Jeff Jarrett tried to buy this company. Yes. And the holdup was Dixie Carter staying on TV. That yes. was the holdup. Yes. Then, reportedly, uh, I've, I've gotten conflicting reports about this, Spike was willing to buy 10% of it. If Spike's buying 10% of it, you ain't getting kicked off a of Spike. Why did they say no to that? I don't know. It, like I said, I've, Could I've, be heard hearsay, right? I've heard conflicting reports as to whether or not that actually happened. It's it's literally like 50-50 on the people that I talk to. Well, the Toby, Keith, last thing, year, the Toby Keith thing, I'm pretty sure Jared himself has said that that really happened. Th- that did happen. Yeah. The Spike thing, I don't know if it yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, yeah. There's a lot of hearsay. I'm sure eventually we'll find out when... When some people are allowed to speak on it. Yeah, yeah. I, boy, a, a Dixie Carter shoot interview today would be a lot of fun and really, really sad. Yeah. But then, last year, Billy Corgan was so willing to buy TNA Wrestling that he eventually uh, entertained the idea of buying NWA Wrestling. Yeah. Just comedic. 
It's amazing. And, and Billy Corgan, I mean, you know, we were saying on the show, Billy Corgan, you'll never see this and you don't care, but don't buy the NWA. Like, stay away. And he you did. I think it went through. You know what I thought was a brilliant business move? Mm-hmm. You got Al Snow and Shane Helms, who, when this company was, pardon my language, broke as fuck, said, you know what we'll do to help out? We'll be on-screen characters. Mm-hmm. Al Snow, 50-something years old, was like, I'll even wrestle. And he was in Shane great shape, Helms, too. Yeah, Shane Helms got in the ring. Then you cut him. Yeah. Then you cut him. Ooh. That didn't sit well with the boys. No. Well, I guess we'll see what happens. It's unfortunate. I want to move on. Uh, let me ask you this, Sean. Would it be weird to you if in September of 2017, we reported on Fightful.com that Drew McIntyre has signed with WWE? Yeah. Would that be weird? It'd be very weird. And it'd be weird why? Because it happened a long time ago. So how is it that WWE.com announces on September 4th that they're going to be broadcasting uh, television live on Christmas night and on New Year's night, and it blows up all over the internet, and you got the hardy wives that are bitching on social media, when we reported this on Fightful five months ago, in April. How is that possible? It happens a lot. Are we that insignificant, Sean? Well, Five I mean, months ago. It was five months ago. Mm-hmm. You paid good money for that article, too. Yes, I did. Clearly, I made nothing on it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this is – and uh, when I spoke to people, I spoke to wrestlers about this. They knew it was happening yeah. because, I mean, if we know the schedule, they know the schedule. Sure. But yeah. this was all a, a result of what Chris Harrington pulled from uh, a lawsuit or, or court documents. That, That's right. That Trade, trademark documents right. or something, yeah. Apparently, they released I mean, it every I don't want to make it a wine fest. I mean, I see it all the time. There was you know, a few weeks ago. Last month, we reported the Ronda Rousey WWE stuff, and then a couple weeks later, you know, when somebody says Ronda Rousey is training for a WWE match, so there, I'm like, man. <laughs> well, whatever. Like, like, I wonder if this so there it is is like so. There's the confirmation. I'm like, damn, man. Really. To be honest with you, man, hearing about this whole, you know, Raw is going to broadcast live on Christmas night and New Year's night, it was not a big story to me. And and the, the reason is because traditionally for years, Christmas night was a big night in pro wrestling, just like Thanksgiving night was a big night in pro wrestling. And it's just not a big deal to me that, that you know, how many years have wrestlers, a lot of them had to celebrate Christmas the day before or a couple of days before because of their wrestling schedule. And yet, for some reason this year, I think a lot of it, quite frankly, with all due respect to a lot of the talent, especially the newer talent, a lot of them are kind of spoiled. Because a lot of guys back in the 80s and even into the 90s, I interviewed Ricky Steamboat one time. I think he told me that his record was something like 31 straight days on the road. Yeah, but is that is that spoiled that, that you don't have to work 31 straight days? Uh, I think they have it pretty good because they have guaranteed, I don't know, man. They have guaranteed contracts. They're home two days a week, every single week. It's yeah, a much think about that. Think about that. They're home two days a week. Yeah. They're home two days a week. No one's putting a gun to their head to do this, I, man. I don't think that it's uh, as much these people have it good as in back then they had it really bad. Well, I mean, back then they did it because they loved it and because they could make a good living. And now, they didn't have people stalking them at airports back then either. 
Oh, I think they did. I, I mean, just... not checking their itinerary. They ain't got people calling the airport saying, is Sasha on this flight? <laughs> do they do that? There. Yeah, I got really? a story going up on it tomorrow. Uh, I, I agree with, like, Sasha Banks caught a lot of flack. There was this airport-dwelling dweeb that tweeted me the other day that said, well, Enzo Amore is nice to his fans, and Sasha Banks is a bitch. I guess and I then I looked, I looked at this dude's Twitter, and it was all of him, like, at the airport. Oh, really? Oh, just all the way through. And then Sasha did this interview where she's like, yeah, I don't think it's cool when they find out what hotel I'm at. I don't think it's cool when they call up the airport and the airport tells them what flight I'm on. Jericho said the same thing. That's creepy. She's like, I'm at the arena. I'm at the venue. Mm-hmm. I'm at signings. You know, like, you, you cool. and I you and I spoke a while back about um, whether or not wrestlers are obligated to their fans because Seth Rollins, there was a story about him at the time. And you had said they're not, and I said they are, but there's a line. And yeah. Mike, Mike Bucci, who used to play Simon Dean in WWE, he posted on Facebook this past week that he believes they're obligated to their fans, and he said, you're never going to see me not stopping for an autograph, not stopping to take a photo with fans. Because uh, he understands that's kind of where his bread was buttered. But again, there is a line uh, that they shouldn't cross. And I'll never forget the CM Punk story, where CM Punk went out to take his garbage in Chicago, and there's a couple of fans behind his house that figured out where he lived. I mean, that's you're crossing the line in that one, right? So that's a little bit much. I heard something the other day about The Rock. The Rock is on set in Vancouver, and people found out where the set was, and apparently they were staked out there for eight hours. Yeah. Waiting for him to come out. Eight hours, man. Don't you have a life? Mind-boggling to me. Yeah, it's Now, it's I get nice. into it in my feature that I'm releasing tomorrow, but I think accessibility is a big reason for this. A lot of... I see it a lot in women's MMA too, Jimmy, from where they weren't as prominent. Women's MMA weren't weren't as prominent and women's wrestling weren't as prominent a few years ago. People think that because they were ahead of the curve, they are owed some of the credit and some of the rewards for them being ahead of the curve and supporting these people. And to me, being ahead of the curve was your reward. The fact that you knew about this stuff early and you enjoyed it earlier is your reward. I think, yeah, it's it's just really, really weird to me. I, and another thing that I said to somebody who were like, yeah, well, I did buy their house. I'm like, do you go into 7-Eleven and tell the cashier that because you bought a Slurpee, you paid a cell phone bill? Like, that's just the way business works. It's a trade of ability for currency. That's just how anything works. It's like, a little I, different, but... You know, it is a little different. I pay, I pay my water bill every month. The guy that comes and reads my meter, I don't, like, tell him that... I paid his vet bill. Like that's uh, it's just a little bit different. It's not that different, Jimmy. Yeah, it is. WWE is paying their salaries. Now yeah. there are merchandise checks and royalties and stuff like that, but there are bonuses and all sorts of uh, different different forms of employment. Yeah, but I mean, obviously, if in, in pro wrestling, I mean, Seven Eleven, it's a bit of a different situation. That guy's you know easily replaceable, but behind, with all due respect to the guys who work behind the cash. They're easily replaceable, but in, in pro wrestling, they're buying a ticket because they want to see Brock Lesnar. They want to see maybe mm-hmm. The Undertaker, not so much anymore, but it's a well, little maybe bit different. Well, maybe I'm paying my water bill because I want to see Clayton, the guy who <laughs> reads my meter and services everything. Maybe You would actually doing. want to see Clayton. You would want to see Clayton. A fun fact, I wrestled Clayton one time. Really? On an indie show. I really? did. That is the legit, the shoot name of my meter reader. How about that? So uh, one more quick thing about CM Punk, since we I just mentioned CM Punk. Duke Rufus, who is the head of Rufus Sport in Milwaukee, where Punk trains MMA, 
He tweeted on, uh, I guess it was on Instagram, Monday night, September 4th, great Labor Day training today with the Rufus Sport Fight Team. We're pleased to welcome UFC lightweight uh, Lebanese-Canadian John McDessie, and always a pleasure having CM Punk. Both of them are awaiting fight confirmations. Punk's going to get another shot. What do you think? I think he should get a shot. I think they should find him an absolutely duty opponent. He can win, and if I were him after I win, I'd go back to wrestling. Would you in really? In some capacity, yeah. Uh, if Daniel Bryan's leaving WWE next year, I would try to make something work there because that, that is a real good opportunity to do something special, not past WWE like like everybody's going to think I mean. But but what about the fact that they're in litigation and they wanted Punk to pay half the court costs and all that stuff? I mean, I don't, well, think, probably, I don't think he's going back, man. Not to WWE. Oh, not to WWE, no. Oh, you just meant wrestling, like Ring of Honor. Wrestling in general, yeah. Okay, okay. I, I mean, mean a, company, a company that has Kenny Omega, Young Bucks, Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, they can, they can make some money. Yeah. They can make some good money. They Did can. you see where Kenny Omega got hurt and was yes. replaced by another... Son of Haku, how yes. many kids does he have? <laughs> he had man. fun on the road in his younger days, man. Yeah, ripping out eyeballs and yeah, yeah, yeah. who knows what else. I will say you know this who about... else has You know who else has fun? Who's that? Noted Total Divas fan, Matt <laughs> Riddle. I spoke to Matt Riddle, and now you all get to see it. You get to hear Matt Riddle's love for Total Divas. Awesome. Comes through your screens. Digging holes, digging holes, <laughs> <I'm> digging holes. <laughs> the guy's got it. He still got it. Do you still hate Camp WWE, Matt? I, why do they have? I don't. I don't have the network anymore. Are they still making it? You mean to tell me you don't watch Total Divas anymore? No, Total Divas is on Hulu. <laughs> so you get your Total Divas fix on Hulu? I can get Total Divas. I like, I can still watch Raw and SmackDown as well. And NXT, because that's all yeah. on the Hulu. I just don't get the exclusive content on the <laughs> network. But you know what it was or the pay per views. But it's just like I just never home. I'm usually wrestling on Sundays and every single one of my buddies has the network. So yeah. if I'm wrestling and they, if I'm somewhere, they got the network. So it's like nobody at my house is, watches pro wrestling but me. And I have all the indie shows on demand because I work for all the best indie shows in the world. So mm-hmm. it's pretty, it's pretty easy. Like when I can watch like Progress or Red Pro and watch all those matches, or even like Evolve's whole list from zero to now. I really don't need the WWE. Where else are you going to get Total Bellas? Have you watched Total Bellas yet? That's a show. Yeah, Daniel Bryan, John Cena, and the Bella Twins. Does that, I think, isn't that when like they live in John Cena's mansion? Yeah. I watched, I watched like the first season, I think. What did you think of John Cena? He was really stern. Do you think that's real or stern? Uh, I think that's, I think that's part of his gig, man. I think that's what he does. I've heard, you know, I think he likes to be in charge. You know, it's just his thing. It's his house. (laughs) Do you ever run like a drill sergeant there? Do you have your kids like, like you got to wear a suit and tie to dinner 
bro. Bro, no. Uh, no, I'm pretty I'm pretty flexible, you know. I treat others like I want to be treated, so I'm not trying to control people too much. But, I know, also I don't, don't, get me, don't get me wrong. If somebody does something stupid, I will yell at them. You can't just make a mess or something. But at the same time, you know, pretty lenient. Matt Riddle, noted squirt drinker and Total Divas fan. Where the like hell? Squirt. When when I was putting that best of the broadcast together, I was like, where where does he even find Squirt in 2017? They make it. It's a good time. I, have, I haven't seen that since like 1993. They still have commercials. It's it's a premium product. What? Yeah, it's got to be like you know, a local product. Like they probably only make that in Philly. Think about, it, dude. I can go down the street and get a surge. Yeah, well, yeah, but they they remade those. Yeah. They didn't make those for like 10, yeah, 15 years. Yeah, well, Squirt, they didn't have to. They just been Squirts have been harder to find recently, but you can still find them at like a random grocery store or whatnot. They're not everywhere. It's hard to find a. It's really hard to find a Lucy. A <laughs> Lucy? Like just just a random. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I don't know can, you, mean. you know. I haven't heard that term used in in a decade as well, which is appropriate when you're talking about Squirt. One thing I wanted to ask before we went, um, did you watch Samoa Joe versus Brock Lesnar? No, but I heard it was good. I don't have the network. I couldn't watch Very Pulse of Fire. It was, I was, it was really physical. I, that was the day I lost the title. I was driving I was driving back to London. Yeah, so I lost the title the day Brock Lesnar retained his. How'd that make you feel? Bullshit, bro. Bullshit. <laughs> Well, this uh, people backstage in WWE told me Brock was really, really happy with Samoa Joe because he could take everything that Brock was giving him. He gave it right back. There were little things like he knew how to really block knees. Like it, it's he. It was said that it went a long way for Brock. What do you think of them kind of going that? It was a shorter match. It was only like six minutes, but it was really physical, really violent, kind of like your style. Does that? Give you hope for the future of WWE? I mean, I think Brock Lesnar's just watching my matches, taking notes, and, uh, you know, it's making them millions. No, uh, no, I, yeah, it's it's a more physical style. The hits are stronger. The strikes are stronger. It looks great on TV, you know. I feel like for live audiences, it's a little harder, but, like, you add a little bit of indie style in there too with the hard hitting strikes. You basically have like the best match of all time, you know? Total Divas fan. You know what I can't help but love about Matt Riddle? I mean clearly he clearly he has a I don't give a fuck attitude, which I love about him, but yeah. this guy aspires to one day work for WWE. And yet he doesn't subscribe to the network, doesn't really keep tabs on what they're doing on their pay-per-views. How can you not smile and chuckle and and love that guy? It's one thing to aspire to work for WWE. It's one thing to aspire to retire Brock Lesnar. And what do you think? What do you think about a potential match, uh, Matt Riddle and Brock Lesnar? That'd be a hell of a match. I think it'd be an awesome match. It's one of the few times Matt Riddle is an underdog in a match because even though he has his... UFC background, Brock Lesnar's 275 pounds. Juiced. You know how Matt does that power gut wrench? Yeah. Think he could do that to Brock? Mm, no. That's and he'll do. And Matt 
Matt will be pissed at me for saying that. Yeah, I mean, that's a big boy to try to get up there like that. So speaking of uh, Mr. Matt Riddle, um, you know, for weeks he's been teasing this whole New Japan thing. And yeah. you asked him about it on the podcast because he met with Tiger Hattori, who's the head of New Japan. You asked yeah. him straight up. He was very coy about it, and maybe it'll happen. And uh, it just came out that him and Jeff Cobb, they uh, team up as the Chosen Bros sometimes on the indies. They're going to yeah. wrestle in the uh, Tag League Tournament, World Tag League Tournament, uh, starting November 18th. So good on, on Matt Real. He's, he's still no-selling it to me, by the way. Is he? He's still no-selling it to me. Oh, I, maybe you know something I don't know, bro. One is of those. that I'm right? Like, yeah, I bet I do. Man. Okay, you know what? I'm going to text him. I'm going to text him. I'm going to say, stop honest. with this bullshit. Sometimes I know Matt's schedule a little better than he does because sometimes he don't show up. <laughs> so maybe. maybe I do know something he doesn't know. Well, he also did pretty well in the uh, Pro Wrestling Gorilla Battle of LA tournament last weekend. Yeah, and he it, did. It was, it was ironic that him and Jeff Cobb they fought in the tournament. They ma- they matched up in the tournament, considering that they are a tag team and going to New Japan. But uh, Matt's going places, man. Good for him that he got the New Japan gig, even though he's no selling it. Yeah, many expected Matt to win that tournament. Right, right. Cobb so, beat him, right? And it was it was a surprise Cobb that he beat him. him. Cobb beat him, went to the finals, and right. uh, Ricochet eventually won. Ricochet, who could be heading for the WWE next year. I- I've right. been told no sooner than next year. But unless for some reason Lucha Underground just gives him his release, which right. I, I don't know. So this week was a week of continuing workshop promos in WWE. On yeah, both lots brands. Of them. On both brands. And uh, first, what did you think of the second promo, the promo with Roman Reigns and John Cena? Because I watched this promo and I thought to myself, clearly Roman Reigns is the heel. Clearly. Yeah. John Cena. Well, I mean, John, I, sorry. I, I, I was going to say quickly, John Cena has just worked a match. He It was a pretty you know high-impact, uh, fast-paced match. Wins the match clean. He's sweaty. He's breathing heavy. There comes Roman Reigns as a heel would. And only a heel would challenge the babyface to a match right then and there, knowing that the babyface just worked a match and is, and is not as fresh as the other guy. Clearly, he's being positioned as the heel. Yeah, well, I mean, to be honest, everybody talks all this babyface stuff about Roman Reigns outside of working against heels I like I said I don't think he's been a babyface since like March right right now he uh I thought he did better in this promo than the first time around I thought that he was he was more composed this time around he uh didn't look like he was as nervous as he was he didn't stumble over his words like he did the first time um he recovered he recovered from the your fly is down line pretty quickly and Alex thought it was a little homophobic, and as somebody tweeted to me, they're like, no, he probably would have said that if that were a woman, too. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think he would have. It didn't bother me at all. I thought that I he, had quick, he had to be quick on his feet, or else John Cena was going to just throw that dirt on him. He was, and uh, again, you know, the one criticism we've had of Cena is uh, he smiles and jokes his way through promos, uh, especially when Roman is standing there with a serious look on his face seriously challenging him. It's the only thing about Cena that I don't really care for, but otherwise, I'm enjoying what they're doing. I'm enjoying this whole work shoot thing. And uh, going over to SmackDown, Kevin Owens. How is he not the greatest freaking thing on SmackDown? Seriously. I think, man, anybody who negates what how special this guy is by this point is grasping at straws. They're trying to make it something that's not... 
he wears a t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, uh, hold on, hold on. Here, here we go, go, here we go. Yeah, he wears a t-shirt, and well, he doesn't look like a wrestler. He doesn't look like he could beat you up. I mean, granted, this lady named Elaine kicked my ass at the supermarket last week over the last peach, but Kevin Owens couldn't beat my ass. Ah, he needs to get himself in shape. Have some respect for yourself. Can I ask you a question? How did Elaine beat you up? Because if you look at the mannequin of you I have in my background, you look, you look pretty jacked. So how did he manage to do that? She. How did she manage to do that? Steroids aren't everything, my friend. It mm-hmm. just makes you look good. Or tanning, apparently, from the neck down. Tanning? Oh, yeah, that. Uh, <laughs> took you a second, didn't it? Yeah, it did take me a second. Yeah, like, anybody who still does that tired thing, and, like, you know, I've been through that a million times, too, and I'm like, all right, let me know when you can kick Roy Nelson's ass, buddy. Um, yeah. I but, mean, obviously, obviously, the KO Shane promo was a work shoot, just like the, uh, the Cena yeah. Roman Reigns one, but let me tell you, man, as we've talked about on the show many times, when I really enjoy pro wrestling is when it allows me to suspend my disbelief, mm-hmm. and watching that KO promo... You could believe there's hatred between those two guys, even though yeah. I'm, you know, even though clearly there isn't. But you could you could believe it. Uh, and KO's so good; he's so easy to hate. Like he's such an easy heel, but you you appreciate the talent that he has. He's so quick on his feet, good in the ring. Uh, he's just so good. That promo was so great, and uh, we'll see what happens. Of course, there's a lot of uh, criticism about Shane getting suspended when Stephanie and Hunter have attacked talent many times. But yeah. That's neither here well, nor I there. Mean, my thing is, man, you got to bring that stuff out. And if somebody really cares about wrestling and cares about their character and cares about making a good show, they'll say, okay. Right. There are some instances like, you know, the Reed Flair thing I didn't like and Eddie's in hell and stuff Michael like Cole that. too, right, with Jerry Lawler's mom. Yeah, that stuff is, is tasteless in yes. my opinion. I agree. But Shane McMahon survived. This helicopter crash. He didn't even get injured at all. He didn't even get hurt. No. It was fine. And Shane, I'm sure, was cool with it, right? I mean, it, it, yeah. it progresses the storyline. And a lot of people, especially the ones that really buy into this stuff, they're going to watch that going, I want Shane to kick his ass. And that's yeah. the point. And if, so. and if a guy like Baron Corbin is smart, he'll see the little shots that they're taking at him on SmackDown. Right. And he'll make the best out of that situation, too. You know, maybe go and address, say, hey, guys, the fuck's up with this? If it's to accelerate, if it's to help somebody else, and eventually I can work off of this, so be it. I think the only way that I would ever pop for Baron Corbin is if he said verbatim, what the fuck's up with this on live television? He might, based on the way that he talked to Joseph Maroon. Mm. Yeah. Did you read that? Yes, I heard about that. Now, I, there there were reports saying that he didn't have any heat over the Twitter stuff. He did have heat over the Twitter stuff. Absolutely did. They did not like that he had – well, some people did not like that he had his fellow wrestlers blocked. Like that's – it wasn't like a major heat thing, but uh, it wasn't the catalyst for <laughs> him losing money in the bank and losing to John Cena. But the Joseph Maroon thing – Joseph Maroon is not liked backstage. For many reasons. Daniel Bryan's one of those reasons because mm-hmm. he's the only guy not clearing Daniel Bryan at this point, and a lot of the wrestlers don't like that. I know that Daniel Bryan doesn't particularly uh, think highly of it. 
And Baron Corbin is a very educated guy when it comes to CTE, and he stood up and he said, hey, I, I know that you were basically saying, oh, no, this isn't real. This isn't a real thing, and now you're coming in here talking to us about it? What's mm. up with this? And good on him for doing that, too. Yeah. Good on him for that, you know? The so. people that I talked to said there wasn't, like, really any heat with the wrestlers because of that. Mm-hmm. That they thought it was it was good that he stepped up about that. Now, Absolutely. Maybe, now maybe a John Cena thinks differently because John Cena's on a different playing field than everybody else. I don't know, but because I mean we saw the way that John Cena acted in the ring and outside mm-hmm. the ring. But then again, Baron Corbin said some stuff on Twitter that may have may or may not have crossed the line with John Cena. Cena's so. not going to do that with Roman. Yeah, he won't. In That's the match. true. He won't. But well, uh, punch him in the mouth. Roman ain't getting fired. No, no, absolutely not. So speaking of Cena, um, he continues to follow the path of the Rock outside of the ring. And I was looking this morning at his uh, his movie roster, and he's got three new movies in the can that haven't come out yet: Daddy's Home Two, The Pact, and Ferdinand, which is a I think a Disney film or an animated film. And he voices the main character in that. Uh, he's tied to a Transformers spinoff called Bumblebee. And he's up for the lead role in uh, Shazam, which is by DC Comics, which is obviously a big blockbuster, big budget movie. Yeah. Do you think that he might go the way of the Rock? He's also, I think, forty now. Do you think he might go the way of the Rock and quietly disappear, or do you think that he'll always come back uh, and, and work at least a part-time schedule? In I think that he will will go the way of the Rock, but I think that he will, as long as his body can hold up. Right. still come back on occasion, work a month here, work a month there, work a program here. I think mainly because for so long he said that he wasn't going to do what The Rock did, that he would feel almost obligated to do like here and there. Right, right. Because you know in The Rock's situation, now granted The Rock has admitted that he had poor management at that time, mm-hmm. but The Rock was told, whenever it was he stepped away, 2002 or four. He was told, if you want to be taken seriously in Hollywood, you need to distance yourself from pro wrestling. And it wasn't until he was established in Hollywood that he came back because yeah. he wanted to come back. I feel like it's a different world now and wrestling is more accepted. Do you Batista's, think- Batista's a giant actor now. Right? Who right. would have thought that? The bag on Batista early on was that he couldn't act. Right. Like, that was the thing. Now he's in Blade Runner and Guardians of the Galaxy and 007 movies. I mean, he's he, he is living proof that less is. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 
liked more, obviously, yeah. right? But I'm curious, you know, looking at Sienna, he's really mirrored the Rock's. Uh, the Rock. He even did SNL, right, last season. Yes. So he's he's mirroring the Rock's path. It's very interesting how that's working out. Um, Big Show, Braun Strowman's cage match. What'd you think? God, that was fun. It was great. That was a lot of fun. Big Show still doing it at 45, 46. Elbow drop from the top rope. Yeah. Braun has this aura about him where he makes matches that shouldn't mean a damn thing mean yeah. a lot more. And his his size, his improvement, and his protection have have all factored into that, in my opinion. You know, you look at the Big Show. Like you said, he uh, did the elbow drop. He took a superplex. He took that bump, although it didn't look like a dangerous bump, but he took that bump through the cage wall. This guy does not, he's in position in his career, he does not need to do any of that. He's doing it because he wants to get Braun over and he wants him to look strong. And he's a credit to the locker room. And it's funny when you think about 1999 when he came in and he was a young guy and he had a big contract and he had an ego about him and and was walking around wearing fancy jewelry and smoking heavily and not taking it too seriously. He is... He's a credit to the locker room now, that guy, for sure. Yeah, and as I said, I think it was Monday. If he retires and does a podcast, that may be the most listened to podcast in wrestling for as long as he's been around, as much as he's seen, right? as integral of a figure as he's been through some of these storylines. Like, You want to talk about somebody who has been through it all. Absolutely. WCW jumped off that ship. He's been in, he was in the NWO. Yeah. He did so much. And Floyd Mayweather, like there yeah. were so many different things that he's done. He WWE, rode the casket. Yeah, WWE, <laughs> ECW. Yeah, yeah, he was boy, I I'd listen to a, a full series of him talking about the the short-lived boss man feud. Yeah, he's also a great storyteller and he can do impressions. So, yeah. you know. Entertaining guy, I think. Now whenever somebody retires, I sit there and think how good would they be on a podcast? Yeah. Because well, as I've learned, retro content does so well. Like yeah. people love hearing things they didn't know about. Mm-hmm. That's why when I interview people, I try to touch on things that people haven't heard about yet. And I'm like, man, that guy, like who knows? Because there, there are stories that he's told on random podcasts, that uh, stuff that he's appeared on that nobody knew about. Like he elaborated on his fight backstage with Great Khali. Like that's a funny right. one. Right, right. A wealth of knowledge from the big show. Well, and he's shed- adapted with the times. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. And he looks a lot younger without the goatee, too, I think. Yeah. You know? He looks like uh, King Kong Bundy. King Kong Bundy should come out and be, like, mini big show. Yeah, he kind of looks like King Kong Bundy mated with Mr. Clean. Yeah? A little bit. So, uh, and, and a shout-out to another guy who will not make for a good podcast, Jeff Hardy. Put over the Miz clean. <laughs> so good on him, too. You know? Uh, yeah. And, he, and even, even, even you know, kudos to Cena for putting the Miz over, even though in storyline he said, I don't like him. Uh, but he put over the work that Miz is doing. So good on him for that, too. Yeah, wasn't wasn't big on the, the Hardy-Miz match. Hardy looks like he's really feeling it these days. Oh, he should be after everything he's yeah. put his body through. So let, let's talk about your uh, your favorite wrestler of all time. Let's talk. I get the about, feeling this is not going to be about my favorite wrestler of all time. Your favorite wrestler of all time. Let's talk about JBL. Yeah. Well, I mean, does this lead into the stupid people of the week? Because it's three fifty. <laughs> uh, it might. So uh, explain what you've heard. JBL is no longer on SmackDown. Uh, no longer working for WWE on a weekly basis. 
what have you heard? Apparently it was in the works for a long time. Yeah, kind of. So JBL, well, it was in the works for JBL. For, for JBL, that's what I meant, for JBL. Yeah. They would schedule JBL for his Tuesday work to be on the road Sunday. And he was like, no. Why? Do you, do you all need me Monday? If you need me Monday, I'll be there Monday. Mm-hmm. No, we don't need you Monday. Well, then what am I doing on the road Sunday? And I can't disagree with JBL for that. I mean, that's really kind of weird. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it, it, it's really dependent on whether they pay his hotel or not. I don't know if they, they would have. But if I'm him, I'm switching my itineraries too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whether you tell them or not, just say, hey, guys, if you need me, I'll be there, which I was told he absolutely did. Mm-hmm. I was told that he said, if you need me on a Monday, I'll be there. It's my job. Mm-hmm. But when they said no, he's like, all right, I'm switching this. They caught wind of him doing it very often, uh, asked him to not do it anymore, and he's like, nope, not worth it to me. Mm-hmm. See you later. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it almost reminds me in terms of just the incompetent level, incompetency level uh, with the travel. It almost reminds yeah. me of WCW when they would send out the tickets, and even if the, the next place was within driving distance, they'd send them the tickets so the guys would cash the tickets in. Yeah. You know? And they did it for months or years, and nobody ever knew about it. It's yep. uh, interesting. Well, good for him. Corey Graves is replacing him. What do you think of that? I mean, sure. Why not? Like, a lot of people were telling me, Renee Young, Renee Young, and I'm sitting there thinking, why? I like yeah. Renee Young. Being on WWE commentary makes me dislike people because it doesn't matter who you put in there. They're all the same. Uh, Gisberto Guzzo did an oh count for us on thir- on Tuesday. Yeah. 35 in four matches. In almost four matches. nine per. Yeah, in four matches. Now, that includes t- uh, Aiden English versus Sami Zayn, which went like a minute and still had four. Wow. So if you take that out, we're talking like over nine per match. Right. That's bad. Right. That is bad. Right. I was I was surprised just because people do tend to try to shit on everything they can shit on. I was surprised that there weren't a few people that said, um, "Oh, Corey Graves can't be on SmackDown because of the 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 brand split." Right. Even though Renee's doing both. You know, and 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 this time around on this brand split, they haven't played up the feud between the two brands. Maybe they will before. Survivor Series or the Rumble or something, but they haven't played up that feud. Seems like it's more of a friendly thing now. They promote each other's shows and everything, so yeah, I have no problem with it. You know what I have a problem with? Stupid What's people. That? Very nice. This is a stupid song. It just goes on and on. You might find some meaning, but you would be wrong. So, okay, first off, Trevor Strong, TrevorStrong.org. Check him out. He created this stupid song at the beginning of this thing. Every week, Sean, when I do this, uh, number one, it's amazing to me how many legitimate news stories exist about stupid people every week. Number two, I make a point every week of trying to find stuff I know you're going to like, which means that it has to be about uh, penises. penises. It's got to be about maybe, uh, I don't know, genitalia or about bathroom habits or uh, something like that. Something like that. Something like that for you to really appreciate it. I found one in particular that I think you're going you're gonna to appreciate, and I can't believe it's true. I questioned if it was fake news, uh, but it got picked up by a few publications, and I saw photos, so I tend to think that it's real. First and foremost, because I'm going to leave that one for number three, on August 29, it was reported by the Palm Beach Post out of Palm Beach, Florida, that a man named Wesley J. Kelly tried to steal a license plate off of a parked car. 
There was a problem. It was Top a poli- it was a police cruiser, and there were three county sheriff deputies sitting inside. <laughs> and Nigel's losing his shit. Yeah. He then tried to he then tried to flee in a stolen car, and was apprehended. And you should it's amazing how many charges this guy faces. So he's being held in lieu of one hundred thirty five thousand dollars bail. He's One facing, of them has to be a drug charge. Yeah. Uh, well, high. let's see. Burglary causing damage over $1,000, assault on an officer, unarmed burglary, vehicle theft, possession of burglary tools, fleeing and eluding police, and resisting an officer without violence. Uh, there was also an active warrant out on him by the U.S. Marshal Service. So, good on well, him. My, my question is, what kind of drugs are you on for that? It's got to be the same kind of drugs that the chicks in the Two Girls, One Cup video were on. To go up to a police car right, and... Like, not even look in. Mm-hmm. Not even look in. You know they got the legal amount of tent because it's a cop car. Uh-huh. So it, it ain't that hard. Well, it, that's why this is called Stupid People Shot. I wonder how long it went on before they were like, all right, now let's get him. And I got to tell you, you know how tempted I was as the first item on the Stupid People list to be about the Global Force Wrestling at Nordholm story? I yeah. was so tempted, but I knew that we weren't going to be able to wait that long in order to get it in. So... Uh, the next one was reported September 3rd by the India Times. 54-year-old Ashok Bharti was crushed to death by an elephant while trying to take a selfie with it. When you said <laughs> India Times, I thought it was going to, going to say, 73-year-old Vince McMahon put his world championship on Jinder Mahal. <laughs> I thought uh, you were going to say, 73-year-old Vince McMahon fucked a donkey in Morocco. <laughs> Sometimes you just cross the line and you don't go back over it. Like you don't, you don't, you you don't just stick your toe over the line. You like kick dirt over it and act like the line was never there to begin with, Jimmy. You're, you're talking about this me. Is one of those, yeah, this is one of those times. I don't the Vince McMahon comment. Let me tell you something, Sean. Let me tell you something. And this is something I've learned over the years running a company and having staff and stuff. You, sometimes you got to tell it like it is. I want to tell you a story about this morning. One of the guys on my team were having a meeting. We we have a mutual acquaintance a guy we don't necessarily respect, working for a competitor. And the guy I was talking to was trying to be polite and and trying to say, oh, he's had his issues or whatever. And I cut him off and I said, he's an asshole. Just say he's an asshole because that's what he is. Right? Hey, that's that's how it is. I try to look for the the best in people. As I told you, I've dealt with somebody this week, and any time I've been brought up about that person, I'm like, nah, weirdo. Right. Weirdo. Not, right. not going to give him any credit. Weirdo. That, that's, that's why the thing comes about. Sometimes that's how people are. Uh, when you take a, a selfie with an elephant. Yes. An elephant. Like, and and I, I need some more context. Like, was it by his foot? Was it by his ass? Did he so get apparently, shit on that? Apparently the elephant had entered this, this village. Uh, and apparently some of the locals were trying to corral it to get it out of there. So it was already enraged. And one of the guys in the group decided it was the opportune moment to pull out his phone and try to grab a selfie with it, and he was charged and crushed. Did he get the picture? <laughs> That's not a bad question. Not a bad well, question. it won't matter to the elephant, and an elephant never forgets. So That's cute. He's got the mental photograph. So this last one, Sean, this one's interesting. I, uh, again, I didn't know if it might be fake news. I've seen photos attended that tells me that's probably legitimate, but I'm going to read it for you. A college student from the UK named Liam Smith actually created a GoFundMe campaign looking to repair a broken window. 
in his in his flat, and he uh, he uh, achieved his goal ten times over in one day because the story went viral. And what happened was he claimed that he met a girl on Tinder. They went back to his place after they went out for dinner. She excused herself because she had to go to the bathroom. She had to go number two. Toilet would not flush. She was embarrassed about leaving a log in the toilet, decided Mm -hmm. to pick it up out of the toilet, wrap it in toilet paper, open the window, and throw it out. What she didn't know was that the way his flat was, it was a double pane of glass, double pane window, with a gap in between. Oh, no! So when she threw it through the window, it hit the second window and went down the gap. Then she thought... I like this guy and I don't want to embarrass myself or I don't want to whatever. I'm going to climb into the window, reach down the gap, grab it, and try to dispose of it. She did that and got stuck. She then was yelling out to him to come and help her because she was stuck in the window grabbing for her own shit. The guy came in, saw her, tried to pull her out. In the process, she got more stuck, so he had to call the fire department. The fire department showed up had to remove the entire window in order to get her out, and that's why the GoFundMe existed, because he didn't have the money to fix the window. He posted photos on the GoFundMe of her in the window and of the fire department there removing the window, which tells me it's probably true. Oh, my God. Like, the Whites brothers and Jason Biggs right now saw that story, and they're like, let's get the band back together. New American Pie movie. Absolutely. We're doing it. So I guess my first question is, my first question is, if this is you, and if a girl screams for your help, and then you go in, and she tells you, I'm stuck in the window, I was reaching for my own shit, um, is there a second date, Sean? Well, I guess you could say that that date certainly was duty. (laughs) Well, there you go. That's what happened. So it's very interesting. Um... May Young Classic. Yeah. I was able to catch a bunch of it finally. Uh, Which my schedule. Did you catch? Uh, I watched all the highlights, so I caught, uh, I caught uh, almost a clip from almost every match. I mm-hmm. uh, watched the YouTube clips. Thank God for YouTube. Cool. My schedule now with two little kids is very difficult. My, my, my one kid started school today, Sean, for the first time ever. But I was able we'll to watch start it. school late, man. Uh, well, Compared after Labor Day. Us. They started after Labor Day. When did you guys yeah, start? Like a month ago. Really? And when I was in school, it was usually the end. It was the week before my birthday, so maybe the 22nd to the 25th, really? something like that. And then Joe smartened me up to the, the after Labor Day thing, and I was yeah. like, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And in Canada, I, I was like, well, you all are probably better equipped for snow days than we are down here. But last year, there were none. Like, it snowed twice here last right. year. Right, right. I was going to say that Canadians are also very competent, but we have Ed Nordholm, so <laughs> it's, uh, it's up for debate. But uh, So I want to say this. So the May Young Classic, um, I'm curious what Vince McMahon thinks, number one, if he even watches it. Because you know that in Vince McMahon's mind, either you have to look like Lana to be a successful female on the roster, or you have to look like Nia Jax, who he supposedly refers to as the Andre the Giant of women's wrestling. So uh, I'm curious. So I wrote down a few names of people that I thought have potential. Uh, most of it's based on in-ring, though, not so much their physical appearance. Uh, and I'm curious if you agree. So obviously Shayna, Shayna Baszler, 
yeah. I think she's probably going to win the tournament. And and with all due respect to Shayna, all due respect to her because her character is very unique in the submissions and everything. If she's not Ronda Rousey's friend, she's not in the finals. With all due respect to her. Sure. I, uh, I, I could agree with that. I, I think she would have went far. Honestly, what I would have done was had Jazzy go a little bit further, and I would have had them meet in the semifinals. I would have had Shayna choke her out with the quickness. So that really was going to be – that was my next one, Jazzy Gabbert. I didn't see what a lot of people saw in her, but she was really over with the crowd. They turned her – they turned the mic or the, the crowd noise down on her mm. heavily. Mm. I mean she lost in the opener, didn't she? Yes, she did. But that look though, man. Her look. Yeah. You know, she, her... She's up there though. She's like in her mid-30s. Yeah, yeah. Nia Jax is too, isn't she? No, she's in her early 30s, I think. Well, Shayna is too, but... Yeah, yeah. I mean, Shayna's conditioned a little bit differently too. Uh, yeah. She's been doing this for years. Nia is 33, but 33. yeah, so... There you and go. And then uh, you and I talked about this girl yesterday, Kyrie Sane. That elbow drop Fantastic. is phenomenal. She missed the mark on Bianca, but it, it looks phenomenal. Yeah. Bianca is one that I like too. The you like Bianca? Rip, yeah, yeah. That was, that was a very cool move. And when you know when I do say mid thirties, that doesn't necessarily mean what it used to. A few years ago, these before this new revolution, women were getting out of wrestling at thirty. Right. Caitlin, AJ, right. Maurice, the Bellas, like they were all ditching WWE. Eve Torres. Right. Before they hit thirty, yeah. so their careers because they they knew that how WWE they treated women as disposable back then. I mean, a lot of them wanted to start families too. That was a big sure. part of it for a lot of them. How many but, of them did? Uh, a lot of them did. None a of those of that did. I mentioned, except for Eve. Eve did. Who else did you mention? The Bella twins, Maurice. Well, yeah, the, the uh, Bellas wanted the, the Bellas wanted to go legit, didn't they? I think kind of. And didn't Maurice? Yeah. Wasn't Maurice launching a jewelry line or something? And yeah. it it didn't yeah. work. I mean, you're right. A lot of them do try to use it as a springboard to something else, and obviously, it's a very competitive uh, business. Uh, the other one I wanted to mention was Kavita Debbie. So she is uh, the I'm first. I'm signer. Are they trying to sign her? No, they they should have already oh, they should. signed her. So I she's mean, first and Indian. Four million YouTube views. Right, right. So the first Indian uh, women's wrestler in WWE. Uh, yeah, at the time that I wrote this, she had over three million views on her match against Dakota Kai. Uh, if they're trying to break into India, there's your girl. More so than gender, I mean, she's legitimately Indian. She's not from Calgary. So, Jinder Mahal's a Canadian from Calgary, Nigel. Oh, okay. Right? And, and they, every week when he's on SmackDown, they say that he represents, what is it, 1.3 billion people in India, Sean? Mm-hmm. I'd like to know when the last time is that Jinder Mahal has been to India, unless maybe he did some promo work there. I'd like to know the last time he got 4 million YouTube views for right. a tournament, especially that nobody in India knows about. Right. And, right. Yep. yeah, she is, she is very special. They should really try to, to make something happen with her. I, I'm I, I sure would, they will. I'm sure. Yeah, they, they got to do something. They got to do something with her. I mean, the fact that they hadn't already signed her, right. with a girl in her 30s, but 5'9", 165, yep. she looks... She can be, to a degree, what Great Kali can, but then again, 5'9", a few years ago, would have meant a lot more than it does now with the Jessamyn Dukes and the Charlottes and the Nia mm-hmm. Jaxes around. Because back then, really... The only girl like that you had was Michelle McCool, and her size was never really a gimmick of hers. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, a lot of people said that she looked really green, and she did to a degree, but nothing that like stood out like 
like Marty Bell stood out to me. They could protect her, and and yeah. again and again, given that they're trying to break into that market, it's a logical step to take. Uh, now speaking of Jinder Mahal, uh, the word is uh, things are not working out in India with him as champion, maybe to the level they thought it would. Uh, nope. Shinsuke, Shinsuke Nakamura goes over Randy Orton. He's going to get the the rematch at Hell in a Cell. It's got to be Shinsuke's time this time, don't you agree? Yeah, it should be. It's got. And be. if I were, if I were WWE, what I would do is abandon that a little bit. And I, and I mentioned this in the SmackDown podcast. I would have uh, the Singh brothers, who I see actually a lot of potential in, turn on Jinder Mahal, say that they are misre- that he is misrepresenting their people, mm-hmm. and say that they they didn't feel like this. They, they, this was their opportunity. And I would try to make them the Indian Hardy Boys. That's what I would try to do. Try to use them in a different capacity because we've seen what they're capable of, and they're very entertaining dudes when they're not yeah. doing the whole Bollywood boys shtick. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. can be very funny. They can be very entertaining. I think being funny is a thing you have to have as a tag team. Right. You either have to be funny or so scary that nobody would want to mess with you. Right. You got to be one of the two to succeed. I think they could go with that. I see. I honestly see more potential in them than I do. Uh, gender Mahal because I mean gender forgot his finish on the main event of a pay-per-view like I, you can't do that 13 14 15 years in I mean and the other problem with him again moving. and then like we've talked about they booked him as a as enhancement this whole run so when when he does lose the title I could see him just kind of dropping back down the card unless they really need heels and, and unless they're not going to give up on the India thing I, I want to say one thing about this gender this uh, Shinsuke Orton match so when we launched Fightful, one thing that I wanted to try to minimize was clickbait articles. Yeah. Right? Uh, and I couldn't help but notice, I was checking out one of our competitor sites, Sean, uh-huh. and I couldn't help but notice that they had a big story saying, Major Smackdown Spoiler, right? And when you click on it, the Major Smackdown Spoiler was that Shinsuke, you know, rumor in the back, was Shinsuke was going to beat Randy Orton in that match. And I thought to myself... Anybody with half a brain knew that Shinsuke was going to win the match because Orton already got a three-match series on pay-per-view with Jinder Mahal. Yeah. So there was no chance Orton was going to win and get yet another match. Clearly, Shinsuke was going to win. And when I saw that a, that a reputable site used that as a clickbait story, I thought, come on. You can do better than that. You know how I feel about that kind of stuff. Yeah, I know. You I know, know I hate it. You know, I mean, that ain't what I went to school for. I know. Uh, Enzo Amore. What do you think super, of uh, what do you think of the way they're handling him, man? Well, he's super over. Like so, I I haven't got to watch the cruiserweight five way match last night, but I heard it was awesome. I can't I saw wait highlights. To, can't wait to check that out. So I'm I'm gonna do that hopefully tonight whenever I get get back home. But I like it. He gets people to react to matches. I don't have to like the way that he acts outside the ring. I don't have to really like his character. He's over, man. That's all that matters. He is over. People make noise for him. People buy his stuff. I agree, and he's definitely elevating the cruiserweight division. I guess the only thing that, the only area in which there's question marks is that WWE sell of the cruiserweight division was that these guys are high flying and they're aerial and they're quick and they do all these amazing moves even though you and I both know that a lot of the non-cruiserweights work that same style but that was the sell and now here you have a guy who happens to be a cruiserweight but he kind of works like a heavyweight doesn't have the greatest work rate or skill set I think he won with a schoolboy 
I like that story though. I yeah, like the story that he's they're not hiding to work it. like a cruiserweight. And they're not hiding it at all. That, no, that he... they they're embracing it, and I think that's awesome. They're they're really starting to do that a little bit more, like just embracing. Like there there was the old you know, the old saying, accentuate the positive, hide the negative. They're finding a way to highlight the negative, embrace it, and make it a part of the story. And I think that's kind of cool because that's not something that. You know, you look at Paul Heyman. He used to book nine one one all the time to just come out and choke slam people because he couldn't wrestle. Mm-hmm. They're highlighting the fact that Enzo Amore doesn't know how to wrestle like a cruiserweight, and I think it's pretty cool. And when I would always talk to Shane Helms about when he would agent matches, he was like, "Well, everybody works the X division style now, so they got to go above and beyond. They got to do something different. These cruiserweights have to do something different. You got to make it like a PWG match where." Almost maybe to the because you're gonna always have. I had somebody in my mentions to, or yesterday that's like that complained about the the bridge that Piper and Tony Storm did into a handshake and stuff. And I'm like, right, right. If, if you don't want that, don't watch pro wrestling because you get it in New Japan, you get it in Global Force, you get it in WWE. It's you gotta go above and beyond. You have to do something a little bit different. If you want somebody to not disrespect at all, then Maybe go to MMA, but even then, you still have Nick Diaz laying down in the middle mm-hmm. of the cage against Nick, uh, Anderson Silva. So, I think you got to take the good and the bad. I think that not every act is going to be for everybody. I've I've made it yeah. clear to you what I think of the dick flip, mm-hmm. right? Love um, it. You you had oh, you had a mural put up in your office. I have a vine on YouTube I created myself, and I watch it every day. I was really impressed that when I came to Toronto and I looked out your window, you had bought property across the street solely to put up a billboard of Joey Ryan flexing with a guy mid-flip holding onto his wiener. It's the only reason Just I so bought you that property. Just right. so you could turn around and look out and it was impressive. Because it was smarter to do that than just like tape a poster to my window. Well, you know, eccentric. <laughs> Man. So you want to you want to hit the next no, one? No, no, no! What, what are you doing? I was waiting. Doing? I was waiting, man. Here? I told you. You told we, me we were gonna have dead air if I didn't say anything. We were gonna have dead air, I don't Sean. Know if you're familiar with oxygen, Jimmy? But people need <laughs> it in order to live and to breathe. And we just got done, and I was. Is that what you're doing? Okay. Breathing. You're like now, you're smelling I'll bread that just came honest. out of the oven or something. I'll be completely honest. Our boy Nigel didn't tell me what what we were what the clip was you didn't watch it i know it's vince russo i know i did an interview so you're not doing your job properly what are we what are we talking about here jimmy i had a lot to do before the show too cool too cool i talked to uh, i'd like to uh, really get at vince russo about a ton of different attitude era stuff because there's a lot of things that he's talked about like him putting a title on himself or like just stuff that 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 he experienced like the high level stuff, but there's a lot of things that he doesn't really talk about a lot that, that I went at him about, but here's the latest Russo reveals. You know, I'm sexy. An act that I wanted to ask you about grandmaster sexy and Scotty too hottie. Now I remember in early 1999, I showed up as too much. I looked at it, and even 14-year-old me, I was like, man, that's going to be a tough one to watch. A few months later, they come back, 
and they're dancing and they're really entertaining and they're they're completely different. And they became one of the biggest tag teams of the time, one of the most popular tag teams of the time. How did that transformation come about? Because, I mean, did you all look at their too much gimmick where they were, I don't want to say homoerotic to a degree, but, I mean, it was certainly implied. And then they they completely did a 180. And really, it probably saved their careers at that point. Sean, you know how one of the folk tales about uh, Vince Russo is I take credit for everything? Okay, bro, their best years was not on my dime. I was gone. I, when they were doing the dance and the snake and then they got Fatu involved and all that, bro, I was gone. So the, the best work that they did, I wasn't even a part of. I was there for too much. I made the marriage. I think I was there when they got married as a tag team. I think I was there for that. But when they started doing their best stuff, I, I had left the company. I, I I, I was not. Well, I mean, still, I want to talk about the genesis of them from too much to too cool. Because, I mean, Brian Christopher was a guy who you would hear on commentary. They would allude, like, it would be poked at Jerry Lawler. Hey, that's your kid. Hey, that's your kid. Right. And right. he would deny it. Was that like a thing? <laughs> was that like, I, I don't know how to approach it. Was it intentional to make those pokes and for Jerry Lawler to deny it? Like, people could surmise that he was the kid. Well, bro, I think it started as a rib. I think really it started as a rib, yeah. but they went with it. But, bro, you, l- listen, let's look at Brian Christopher. Bro, he's got the genes of Jerry Lawler. And, bro, yeah. this kid was a ent- entertaining as hell, bro. Bro, growing up as a father of Jerry Lawler, come on. But, uh, he, he, bro, he was terrific, and, and he pulled it off, and he was, he was funny. He was a great entertainer. That's what I mean, bro. I hear from so much of the, the wrestling media today that they don't want entertainment in wrestling. Can you imagine, bro, with guys like Brian Christopher, if we completely <laughs> took his personality away? You know, you talk about too yeah. sexy, too cool. If we completely stripped them of that and just let them go out there and have a match, well, that, that's what I want to mention. Scott Taylor wasn't a particularly charismatic dude. No, he showed up no. in that that light heavyweight tournament. Yeah, he didn't. He, and he's a guy who today looks younger than he did twenty years ago. And which you is want remarkable. to know? And this is what we talk about today, Sean. This is this is again what the what the what the wrestling journalists <laughs> just don't want to admit, bro. Scott Taylor was there because Pat Patterson was a huge fan of his work. Pat Patterson Mm -hmm. thought Scott Taylor was a great worker, and he was. That's why he was there. But, bro, let's face it. It wasn't until he got the character and he married the two that the guy got over and the guy made a lot of money. If he would have remained Scott Taylor, the wrestler, bro, I think he would have been very limited in, in, in his push and how much money he made, et cetera. I mean, they're still making money off that gimmick today. On the oh, Indies. yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. It's hard to believe that Scott Taylor and Brian Christopher would be doing that today, too. I mean, they, WD brings them back every once in a while. Right. Exactly. Stuff like exactly. That. Yeah, good for them. Kind of impressive. You know, I had looked forward to contacting some Global Force wrestling guys to do filmings with to promote Bound for Glory and stuff like that. Now I don't know what the hell's going to happen. Uh, I'm distracted by your hair because somehow during the break <laughs> it uh, ended up. Uh... 
It's beautiful. Uh, I know you're yeah. jealous. You, you can't do it. You can't yeah, do it. Yeah, no, I don't shave my head. It's natural. So, uh, I uh, going back to Too Cool for just a second, because I want to know if you agree. My opinion, Too Cool was over because of the worm and the stink face, my opinion, and Brian Christopher was the least over of the three, and that's what I always thought. Yeah, and they had a cool theme, too. Right. right. Very catchy theme. So, yeah. I want to I wanna mention something about UFC for a second. Uh, because I just saw this. Somebody just sent this to me. You know, we were talking earlier about incompetence and, and, and about Ed Nordholm and all that. He's kind of like the whipping boy today. So yeah. you remember when the UFC announced the Reebok deal? And wrestling fans are going to appreciate this. Nigel, I think, will appreciate this too. When UFC announced the Reebok deal a year ago or whenever that was, uh, and they, they released the jerseys and all the, the outfits and they called them fight kits, right? And when they first released them, it became a laughing stock because they misspelled names. Uh, they put the wrong names with the wrong country flag. Uh, they did all kinds of really, you know, avoidable mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. So they just announced that they have updated their fight kits, right? Yeah. And would you believe, Sean? I don't know if this looking is looking at one of them actually just now. I don't know if this is one year later or two years later. They did the same mistake again. <clears throat> Can you believe really? that? So the one that I was sent was for Demetrius Johnson, mm-hmm. and the shirt says Demetrius Mighty Johnson. Oh goddamn! So Nigel, his nickname is Mighty Mouse because he's a flyweight. Okay. And they called, <sighs> they called him Mighty Johnson. How is it possible that after all of the backlash, and I'm sure that the sales weren't as great as they anticipated, how is it no. possible that they did it again? How is it possible, man? Inept. They don't care about the deal as much as they should. Right. It's unbelievable that this shit exists. Maybe Anthem is behind the, the production of those shirts. You know, I just saw, as, as we were talking about this, that uh, DDP linked to uh, one of our stories. Yes, he did. Today. DDP linked so, to one of our stories. So uh, shout out to DDP, one of my favorite people in wrestling period I've, I've said a million times he was the first person to ever sponsor one of my shows right he was the he his yoga program is the only reason i was ever able to wrestle right so uh that makes me very happy uh, as sure. it pertains to reebok so their stuff looked a little bit better i don't know if it looked better or if it just looked different to yeah me. it's more and like a graphic tee yeah thing i saw but some of, some of the the shirts they did looked okay but if they're making errors on them that's that's just inept uh we do have amazing. UFC 215 coverage this Saturday, and it's a really good card. Me and Showdown Joe are doing a live post show, you guys. Come over to those uh, live discussions, you all. Raw, SmackDown, virtually if the show happens live or taped. Most of them we cover live anyway. Uh, Just come over there, talk to us, use those forums as well. I am looking personally, and I want our staff to engage with you all and interact with you even more. Jimmy, you saw the handbook I'm about to pass around to people where I'm like, Talk to our fans, our friends, (laughs) our readers, our viewers. Except for Carlos. He's he's in the middle of some stuff right now. Is he in Puerto Rico? Yeah. I I thought he lives in New York, New Jersey. Uh, He lives in Jersey, but he is in Puerto Rico. Hopefully he's in Puerto Rico uh, until like October, September, October. And he says he's going to try to make a permanent relocation to the States after that. Right. Yeah, best wishes to Carlos, our dude, our lead boxing writer. 
For sure. Obviously, for understandably, the Fightful Boxing Newsletter delayed this week as he deals with Hurricane Irma. Right. I, I just hope he hope he's doing okay. Hope so too. Thinking hope so too. It. I wanna I wanna touch on one more topic and then I wanna plug something about Holy Smokes for a second. So, first, sure. uh, Nia Jax. Is she a social media bully, or do you think it's all a work? That stuff is really hard to tell. Either those girls are really like at each other's throats mm-hmm. and catty, or mm-hmm. they are just really awesome at working people on social media. I'll say that the women have a much better opportunity to work people on social media because they're following. I don't know if you're familiar. Are you familiar with Stan Twitter? Stan Twitter? Stan Twitter. I followed a couple people who are a part of Stan Twitter. Uh-huh. The name derives from the song Stan by uh, Eminem, right. the crazed fan. Uh-huh. And it's a takeoff of that. And it's basically people who are fana- like super fanatics of these people. And they're, a lot of times their whole account is devoted to these people. They get the opportunity to work Stan Twitter. And there's a lot of them, Jimmy. Hmm. Oh, boy. I'll send you some links to some stuff eventually. Next time I come across one of them, I'll I'll just give you a little gander inside some of it. Like, you know, the, I would even go as far as to say some of them are apologists. Like, if if J- James Ellsworth said something controversial and I defended him to the end, even if I knew it was wrong, sometimes that's the case. They get to work those people and they do it. And actually, those I, I, that reaction I think helps these people helps the Nia Jaxes, helps the Emmas, helps the Sasha Banks. But yeah. I mean it was pretty clear. So uh Emma tweeted in character, very obviously, after on Monday, that Nia Jax should be thanking me for getting her a match she doesn't deserve. This is about me and then hashtag no mercy. It'll be Emma, new women's champ. She was doing it in character. Uh Nia responded uh seemingly out of character uh, and she said, did you thank Vince for the six-month big net push you had but never capitalized on? How much more do you deserve? And I saw that and I thought, well, that seems a little bit unnecessary. What did Emma say to deserve that when she was just doing her thing in character? Uh, but I will say this, and we talked about this before, I agree with Nia Jax. Emma should have given that character a shot uh, because when Vince McMahon gets behind something, you've got a chance to, to elevate yourself. Uh, and I Sometimes. thought that, uh, you know what, Beaver Cleavage, the guy gave it a shot because Vince, at least in the moment, was behind it. I think most wrestlers would have given it a shot too, even though it was stupid. And uh, this is no different. I think she should have given it a shot, but it, that's neither here nor there because it didn't happen. But Nia's done this now two or three different times where she's kind of shit on somebody yeah. on, on social media. I, I don't know if... Nia Jack saying that Emma doesn't deserve something is the best look. Now, I know it was in response to Emma saying that. Emma's was very obviously in character. Emma's been wrestling Absolutely. for over a decade. She went through Lance Storm's school. Mm-hmm. She put in her time. She she did the, the Vince McMahon idea on the main roster, and it was the shits with mm-hmm. Santino. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. She went back to NXT, worked her way up, came overcame a, a really bad back injury. And she's had some pretty poor booking recently, and now it's managed to – she's embraced this social media gimmick mm-hmm. to the point to where she's in a title match on pay-per-view. So mm-hmm. what Emma did I, – I don't know how Emma Lino would have worked out because it looked like Lana virtually got a, a similar gimmick, and that didn't work out for her. Now, is Lana equipped in the ring the way that Emma is? Hell no. Yeah, well, I mean Hell Lana no. got it afterwards, and yeah. – and, uh, I mean, again, it would have given her a chance. Nia Jax is right. They did give her several months worth of vignettes. 
The, yeah. the irony is that a lot of people thought that Lana was getting a dancing gimmick, which probably would have been much better for her because she can dance her ass off. Absolutely. And yep. Absolutely. Emma, I think this social media gimmick is perfect for Emma because the way that I said it on Monday's show, when she's looking at her phone, she talks like a person who is looking at her phone. Like, I didn't see anybody talking about you on my Twitter timeline last week. Mm-hmm. I think she plays it very, very well. I, I don't think they need to go like full repo man, Duke the Dumpster Drossy type of thing where it's like <laughs> that's all she does in life. You know what I mean? Oh, I thought you meant you didn't want her to hold a trash can to the ring and wear a, a Zorro mask. And, and feed GHB to women. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, <laughs> you want to go that far? So uh, John Jones, uh, real quickly, because it's, it's not wrestling related, but again, it is interesting. They're waiting on the B sample of his drug test. He failed the first drug test, uh, Turinabol, an oral steroid. Um, Think it'll be positive for honey and pollen since it's the B sample? Nigel, Nigel. Excuse me, Nigel. Nigel was ready to end the call. He was ready to end the video call on that. So they're waiting on the B sample. Uh, Showdown Joe on the Holy Smokes MMA podcast on Tuesday is planning to talk to an acquaintance of his who comes from the supplement slash steroid world very educated on that stuff, uh, and he believes that John Jones may have cheated, even though there's a lot of you know speculation, at least from John Jones' camp, that it was a tainted supplement or that he was uh, set up or something, uh, which obviously the B sample is going to clear up. But uh, this guy that, John, that Showdown Joe's going to talk to uh, says that there are oral steroids that can have an effect and be out of your system within 24 hours. Yeah. And so he, uh, he suggests that John Jones did, in fact, knowingly cheat. Showdown Joe is going to talk to him on the on the Holy Smokes uh, MMB podcast on Tuesday, so you should check that yeah. out. Definitely, guys. If you all like this show, I get the feeling, even if you don't like MMA, you'll probably like the Holy Smokes MMA podcast. We don't pull any punches. If if a story is ridiculous or stupid, we, we address that. We clown it appropriately. It is one of our flagship shows in addition to... Uh, the list in your boy. You just got to get Joe. Got to get Joe. Number one, don't be afraid to swear. You got to get him on that. Number <laughs> yeah. two, don't be afraid to say the obvious. Elias is fighting Dan Kelly in Australia. Yeah. All right. Don't be afraid to say it on the air. That's what he's doing. So, Sean Joe can work is a on journalist, that. whether he wants to admit it or not. Mm. And he's got to be one. Uh, yeah. Of course, guys, Fightful.com. I want you all to get over there, use those forums. If you all want to support Fightful, head over to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Fightful. We have tons of shirts over there for you all to buy, purchase, enjoy. There was a sale last weekend. Those happen from time to time, so watch out for those. And, of course, share our stories, Reddit, Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. It really helps in addition to those thumbs up and the subscriptions on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube. You kind of Jimmy, look like you kind of look like Emma's old gimmick right now. Yeah, she wishes. <laughs> what else you got? That's all I got for this week, man. I feel bad that I haven't learned to play the guitar because I would have written a ballad. It would have been appropriate with that Jeff Jarrett laser engraved guitar. I missed an opportunity. I am going to try to get Ed Norton home for an interview legitimately. Really? I'll go to his well, office. He's, he's never- in Toronto. Hope he's never watched the show. Oh, I'm sure he hasn't. I'm sure he hasn't. He's looked at my LinkedIn a couple times. And, uh, yeah, no. I don't I'll think just he's say this. You would be surprised who watches our shows. I am? Yes. Well, I would love to get him sometimes because uh, I think you know this. I will not pull any punches if I'm able to talk to Ed Norholm. 
Whatever happened to Honey Bee or Queen Bee or whatever? The stripper with the Enzo thing. Oh, I forgot all about her. Damn it, Jimmy. You have to hit her up on on Twitter, man. I forgot about that. We have Mike Straw and Brandon Howard. She's in Buffalo, right? Yeah. We got Mike Straw and Brandon Howard in Buffalo. Yeah. You guys and if they're listening right now. a little more of uh, Mike Straw these days since Carlos is kind of taken out for a second. And if yeah. they're listening right now, Brandon Howard, don't tell me you wouldn't love an assignment to go to a strip club. Oh, my God. <laughs> We'd have to get our money's worth. We would have to assign him something like an analytical article about the strip club as well. I would assign him a stack of ones. Well then, until next time, guys, like I said, subscribe, like, share our stories, follow us on Twitter, cross-platform, Instagram, Facebook as well, at Fightful Online. Until next time, guys, we're out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.